0: The Holy Gospel according to St. Mark, the 10th chapter. <clears throat> As Jesus and his disciples and a large crowd were leaving Jericho, Bartimaeus, son of Timaeus, a blind beggar, was sitting by the roadside. When he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to shout out and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. My teacher, let me see again. Jesus said to him, Go, your faith has made you well. Immediately he regained his sight and followed him on the way. The Gospel of the Lord. It is absolutely wonderful to worship with you here at St. John's today. Rita and I worshiped here for 30 years when we lived in Salisbury. Our children grew up here and were strengthened in their faith. In fact, I recall the first Sunday we were in Salisbury, we came to church here at St. John's. And after we left, we were talking about maybe visiting churches in the area. And Joseph, who was then six years old, said, Mommy, Daddy, I want to go to church at St. John's. So we did, and it was a wonderful, wonderful time. So thank you for helping me uh, and Rita rear our children and bring them up into faith. Some years after that, uh, I was talking to Franco uh, one day, and he said, uh, he was chair of the call committee at that time. We were looking for a pastor, and he said, uh, we have talked to this Uh, this pastor up in Virginia and uh, we think he's really outstanding and then a week or so later uh, Pastor Rhodes Woolley and Krista were in town and I had a chance to visit with them we uh, got together for breakfast and uh, they were talking about the possibility of moving here they loved where they were but they were trying to figure out what is God's Holy Spirit calling us to do we talked uh, we had a prayer, and uh, thanks be to the Holy Spirit, Rhodes and Christ and their children came to St. John's. So, Rhodes, thank you so much for coming to St. John's and guiding us in our spiritual journey and in our, uh, in our walk in faith. You've been a real blessing to me, to my family, uh, to uh, the congregation, and to the Synod, and really the ministry at St. John's reaches around the world. So thank you so much for for what you do here. Let us pray. Loving God, we thank you for this day, for this holy place, for the opportunity to worship you. We ask that you might speak and that we might hear. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of our heart be acceptable to you, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. Mrs. Thompson taught the fifth grade. And she was in her second year of teaching. She was still kind of new at teaching. And it was the first day of school, her second year. And she looked over the names of the students that were going to be in her class. And as she looked over the roster of her class for the coming year, there was the name, Teddy Stoddard. She thought, oh no, not Teddy. she had seen him the year before. She already disliked Teddy. He was kind of messy, wore dirty clothes, didn't have a very good attitude, needed a bath. She just didn't like to even be around him. She had so hoped that Teddy wouldn't be in her class. And in the first few weeks... When he would turn in papers, she actually enjoyed giving him a big red X. She loved to give him an F. She just didn't like Teddy. At this school, they required that all the teachers look and see what teachers previously had said about their students. So about a month in, Mrs. Thompson went back to see what teachers before had said about her students this year. Teddy's first-grade teacher said, Teddy's bright, he is happy, he's neat, and he has wonderful manners. She was shocked. The second-grade teacher said, Teddy's an excellent student, but his mother is terminally ill, and he's having a lot of difficulty dealing with that illness. The third-grade teacher said, Teddy's mother died. It's been really difficult. It's a hard time for Teddy, and his father pays basically no attention to him at all, and he's really not very interested in class. The fourth grade teacher said, Teddy's withdrawn, he has no friends, and he sleeps most of the time in class. He's a real problem. And then Mrs. Thompson had a different view of Teddy. She realized what he had been through, and frankly, she was ashamed of her attitude. And she felt even worse when Christmas rolled around and students in the class gave Mrs. Thompson presents. Most of the presents were wrapped up really in beautiful paper. Teddy had her a gift, but it was wrapped in a brown grocery bag piece of paper. And she opened all the presents when people brought them up, students brought them up. And when she opened the present that Teddy gave her, the students laughed. It was a little rhinestone bracelet. Some of the stones were missing. And it was a bottle of perfume, and most of it had been used. But she talked about how beautiful that bracelet was. And she even put a little bit of perfume on her wrist. After class, Teddy hung around and he said to her, Mrs. Thompson, you smell just like my mother used to smell. And Mrs. Thompson then, from that moment on, stopped teaching reading, writing, and arithmetic, and she started teaching children. And she paid a lot of attention to Teddy. She worked with Teddy because she knew that who who she saw initially was not the uh, Teddy that had been a part of the classes before her. And by the end of the year, Teddy was one of her best students. A year later, at the end of the school year, she hadn't had Teddy that past year, she received a note from Teddy and he said, Mrs. Thompson, you're the best teacher I ever had. Six years later, when Teddy graduated from high school, he wrote Mrs. Thompson a letter and he said, You're still the best teacher I ever had. Four years later, when he graduated from college, he sent a letter to Mrs. Thompson and he said, You're the best teacher I ever had. Four years later, she received another letter and he said, Mrs. Thompson, You're the best teacher I ever had. And it was signed, Theodore F. Stoddard, M.D. Well, four months later, she received still one more letter. He said, Mrs. Thompson, I'm going to be married, and my mother is no longer living. My father has died, and I'd like for you to sit where the mother of the groom normally sits because you're the best teacher I ever had. So, at the wedding, she sat where his mother would have sat and she had on a uh, rhinestone bracelet. She put a little bit of perfume on her wrist and after the wedding, Teddy came up to her and he said, Mrs. Thompson, I just want to thank you. You told me and explained to me and showed to me that I can make a difference in the world and I just want to tell you, you're the best teacher I ever had. And Dr. Teddy said, or she, he said, she said to Dr. Teddy, well, you actually taught me how I can make a difference. You see, Mrs. Thompson saw Teddy when he was blind and he couldn't see the future. He didn't see his gifts. He was poor of spirit. He had just kind of given up. He didn't know what to do with his life. He was down and out. Teddy helped Mrs. Thompson see how that she could actually teach and help children. Now, that leads us into the day's gospel lesson, where we see Bartimaeus. He's sitting on the road between Jerusalem and Jericho. Jesus and the disciples are leaving Jerusalem, excuse me, Jericho. They're on their way to Jerusalem, Jerusalem. And they're on the way literally to the cross. And Bartimaeus, blind and poor, literally at the mercy of anyone that would walk by, and that road, that 18-mile stretch between Jericho and Jerusalem is just barren wasteland for the most part. It was even called in the time of Jesus the way of blood because it was such a dangerous place to be. There was Bartimaeus, down and out, in an unbelievably bad place to be. And he hears that Jesus is somewhere nearby because he can't see. And he cries out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Well, some of the people with Jesus were uh, really felt for Jesus. They didn't want Bartimaeus, a blind beggar, to be bothering Jesus on his way up to Jerusalem. They said, oh, be quiet. And he cried all the more, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. When he said son of David, that meant that Bartimaeus, although blind and poor, saw that Jesus was the Messiah because Scripture had said that Jesus, the Messiah, would be a descendant of David. So that was just recognizing who Jesus was. So Jesus stood still, he stopped, and he said to the disciples, bring that man over here. If you'll notice, he sent people to help Bartimaeus come to him. Oftentimes, people help us get to Jesus. That's how we are a little Christ to each other. So they asked Bartimaeus to come over to Jesus, and they said to him, take a heart. Don't be so down and out because Jesus is actually calling you to come over. And Jesus said, what do you want? Now, surely Jesus knew, but he just wanted Bartimaeus to be able to talk about what he needs. It's always good for us to say, this is what I need. At least in my opinion, but we always say, but your will be done. And that he said, to, uh, Bartimaeus said to Jesus, well, I really would like to see again. And Jesus said, go, your faith has made you well. And immediately Bartimaeus could see, and he followed Jesus in the way. Now, we often think about this story in Mark and other Gospels as a story of healing. And it is that for sure. Bartimaeus was healed, but it was also, I think, a story of call. In other words, he then followed Jesus. So he was healed, and then he followed. That's the way it often happens. Jesus acts first, we're healed, then we're invited to follow Jesus. My experience has been, we've all been on the road just like Bartimaeus. We've been blind, we've been poor, at least figuratively speaking, and we just don't know what the next day is going to bring. We simply can't see, and if we don't know the future, we can become anxious. We sometimes forget to trust God, and we are poor in spirit. Haven't we been there? Who hasn't been to the emergency room? Who hasn't heard someone say words that just terrorize our being and we're just devastated. Who hasn't been awake in the middle of the night wondering what will tomorrow bring, being so uncertain of the future? And in these times where we deal with COVID, haven't we all from time to time, and maybe even now as we sit in the pew, or stand in the pulpit, anxious about the future. In some ways, we're just blind to the future. We don't know what it holds, but we know that God holds the future. That's when we're like Bartimaeus. At other times, we're like the people traveling the road, and we see someone like Bartimaeus. We see we know people that are blind. We see we know people who are poor in spirit just recently I was walking down the hall in a nursing home and all around me were people in wheelchairs with their arms outstretched crying help me in fact it wasn't too long ago that I received a proposal in the nursing home (laughs) people who are (laughs) and you can say well she must have been blind (laughs) Um, But people are blind in the sense that they don't know the future and they uh, are poor in spirit. We've all seen people like that. Who hasn't stopped at a stoplight or at a traffic light? And there's someone there holding a sign saying, I need food or please help me. Those are people like Bartimaeus. They need help. Who hasn't had a friend or a loved one? that we know, that we care about, that we love, that needs some way to see Jesus. Bartimaeus was not able to see. But ultimately, he was led to Jesus and he was able to say, surely that you're the son of a God because he followed Jesus. He had cried, Lord Jesus, have mercy on me, and he was able to see. Mrs. Thompson wasn't able to see little Teddy for who Teddy really was. Teddy wasn't able to see who he was only through the help of Mrs. Thompson. Sometimes we're beside the road and we need help. Other times, We see people beside the road, and they need our help. That's when we're Christ to one another. This is a special time at St. John's Church. Uh, We're asking that we be given vision by Jesus, and that we're able to see the future, the future that God helps us to create. I was looking over your ministry profile. It's an amazing array of the ministries in which you're involved. For the sake of the church, we're contributing for the sake of the church. That's St. John's, that's that's the North Carolina Synod, and that's the church around the world. For the sake of the community, that's the local ministry. And for the sake of the world, in fact, you have ministries that reach literally across the planet, even over to Bethlehem. What a marvelous ministry. So we have been healed through Christ's Holy Spirit, as we care for each other. And then God invites us, once we've been healed, to help other people along the road, in the community and around the world. And we do that for the sake of Jesus. So today, as we look toward the future, we're able to see as God's Holy Spirit gives us vision. Amen.